Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. Last time, our heroes have completed their adventure in Stranglethorn Vale, defeated the Blood Cleric of Zul'Garub, and helped begin the reconstruction of Booty Bay. Also, they finished their initial mission of selling stolen goblin gold, so all's well that ends well, I guess. Our heroes have landed in Duskwood on their way to Stormwind and are eager to continue their journey. Let's check in with them now as we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Uh, I want to start by issuing a real quick correction. Uh, there was a loot thing that I forgot about. Uh, in the Arna... It's mine. Sure, you can have it. In the Arna spellbook, uh, I did neglect to mention that uh, one of the pages <clears throat> was bookmarked by a dark moon card. I'm going to need uh, for somebody to roll a d6 and a d8 so we can figure out what card was in there. It's not mine. Falcus, I think you've been keeping track of the cards. Yeah. I have, so you want me to roll for it? Go so, for it. Uh, slash roll 1d6 slash roll 1d8. So we have a 4 on the d6 and an 8 on the d8. Okay, so that would make it an 8 of portals. What kind of uh, what kind of list do we have here on those cards? We have an ace of portals, an ace of warlords, and uh, two three of beasts. This was a eight of portals. You said eight of portals. All right. Uh, so when you guys uh, finished the whole shebang out in Stranglethorn, right? You got on a. Uh, Griffin and flew out here to Darkshire to lay over to on your way up to uh, Goldshire uh, and then eventually Stormwind. You arrived. It's nighttime. It's like around dinner time, probably having left in the morning or like maybe late morning, early afternoon time uh, from Booty Bay after everybody had started to come back to town and things were starting to, you know, Revitalize as far as like the, the shopkeeps were getting back into business and you know some of the more boats were coming in and all that sort of stuff. And when you arrived in Darkshire, which is the small town uh, on the far eastern end of uh, the zone of Duskwood, you, you know, it's super spooky here. There's like the trees have shadows on them that make them look like they have angry faces and there's like an owl in the distance that hoots every once in a while just to like set the atmosphere and there's always like a mist that sort of floats amongst the branches and through town. But in the city, in the, the city, in the town itself, 
you know, several uh, residences. There's a, a blacksmithy. There's a uh, like a town hall. And of course, the inn, which is where you guys ended up at the end of the last session. It's uh, an inn called the Scarlet Raven. And it's all done up in real cheesy Halloweeny type decorations. There's fake cobwebs. There's like paper ravens hanging from the ceiling and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and that's kind of where we left off. Uh, so at this point, you guys have arrived. It's about dinner time. Um, there is a uh, a guy tending bar. He's like a uh, a bearded man, medium a human man, I should say, of uh, you know medium build. He's serving drinks and things. You look around. There's a, a couple of open tables, but there's also uh, tables that are filled with local townspeople. Uh, there is one table where there are um, two humans, uh, one man and one woman. Uh, dressed in full heavy plate, uh, the color of like the, the the metal is like the color of steel. Like it hasn't really been altered very much. It looks pretty standard issue. Uh, they're wearing the blue and gold tabards of Stormwind that definitely Falcus and Ari would absolutely recognize. I assume Butch is, have Butch. Have you ever been to Stormwind? No, I've never been to Stormwind. Uh, I've I've definitely seen Alliance forces before and I fought alongside Alliance forces, but right. Cause you were out in Colteris and all that. Yeah. Before all this. Right. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So perfectly like recognizable looks pretty normal. Um, they are sitting at the table. Their helmets are sort of sitting on the table, their weapons leaning against the chairs. Uh, they're talking quietly with this, uh, human woman, uh, with red hair. She's wearing like, uh, some simple, um, you know, robes that you might see on a spellcaster type of deal. She is sitting there with, uh, she has like a big bag uh, hanging off of her chair that is sticking out of all kinds of books and scrolls and pens. And she's like, as they're talking to her, she's writing a bunch of stuff down on paper. Um, nearby, you know, the other tables are filled with just, you know, look like normal townsfolk that are having their own, you know, evening conversations. And there's you know there's there's the there's space at the bar there's space at some of the tables um what do you guys want to do at this point well we've been on this griffin for a while to be honest you know my butt's been hurting we've been riding for for a long while to get here so i'm gonna billy up to the bar and just kind of you know uh just kind of you know, stretch stretch around and like i do in real life i'm going to i'm going to uh, I'm going to have Butch do something that I do personally. Hey, hello, hello. Hi, Barkeep. I say it's Barkeep Tender. Yeah, he is uh, in the middle of serving somebody. He sets their drink down in front of him, walks over to you. Well, hey, how, you, how are you? Uh, you know, you don't really get a whole lot of tourists in town. Are you here visiting or are you out here on official business? And he looks over toward the, the, gar- the, the Stormwind guys and then back at you again like that. Oh no, we're just passing through. This was a a, 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 a a kind of a pit stop on the way to where we're going. That that that's all. But we're we're probably looking for a. Well, you know what? I don't even know what we're looking for. But no, we're not here for very long. But if you uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, can I get uh, two beers? Uh, first of all, I'm I'm so sorry. My name's Butch. Uh, good evening, Bush. My name is uh, Han. H- Han? Oh, I, I am. It is wonderful to meet you. I really like 
the the decorations you got here, it's it, it it's 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 whimsical. You know what I mean? Thanks. It's, we figured uh, we'd lean into the ambiance a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I feel it. I, I'm fe- I feel it. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, I, I I'd, I'd very much like to order uh, t- two of your beers. Yeah, he starts pouring those. He says the kitchen's still open. We have plenty of food available. Not a whole lot imported, unfortunately, but you know we make make a good um, you know make a good dinner for you if you need anything. He seems oh, a little distracted. Will. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, he seems a little. He's like kind of. He, he glances around every once in a while just to like double check to make sure nothing weird is happening. Is there anything particular that he's looking at, like the looking at the door? Is he looking at the stormwind people? Who like what is his direction for his concern? He'll glance toward the window every once in a while. He'll glance toward the soldiers. He'll glance toward the door. Uh, he just seems a little. He's trying to play it. Roll an insight check. Hey, with a plus zero, a natural 20. Uh, He sees that you are following his gaze and kind of looking at him like, all right, you are acting like something's up. And as he finishes pouring the two beers, he sort of goes, having recognized that he's been identified as nervous, he leans in and goes, hey, I'm really sorry. Um, I know I seem a little jumpy. Uh, Like I said, we really don't get a lot of tourists. Things have been weird in town recently. Um, It's been getting better, but it's not. uh, Do you remember the day that all that stuff happened in the sky? Oh, I sure do. I'll tell you. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Ever since then, up until a couple of archaeologists came through from Stormwind, town's been a little weird. Yeah, we had some archaeologists come out. They were hanging out in town for a little while. They went out into the woods and did who knows what. And then after they left, things started to get a little better. But things like it's not we're not back to normal yet. Weird little things like you would think that it wouldn't be a big deal, but it was super creepy. Stuff like uh, at one night, all the candles stopped giving off light. They'd still be lit, right? But there was no light coming from them. Couldn't see nothing by them. One morning, everybody in town woke up and found that there had been messages written in steam on all their bathroom windows, uh, bathroom mirrors, stuff like we can see you and you're next and we're going to get you and creepy messages like that. Why? Well, OK, man, I just got off that Griffin. Uh, I, I, I'd like to, to, to know more about that, but if you but OK. Thank you for these two beers. I, I like to, you know, give you some money for it. But honestly, uh, one's for you and one's for me. I just—it's I, not nice to meet you, Han. And I uh, uh, reach up to, to clink. <laughs> well, that'll go down real easy. Thank you so much. And he, he'll okay. clink and he'll start on his. And I—I I have done that in real life in different countries, seven or eight or twelve times. Okay. Now, how does it come off? Well, usually, usually I, what I do, I don't usually give it to the bartender. Okay. Cause maybe, but I, I learn how to say two beers, please in whatever language, in whatever country that I'm in. Sure. And then I, I get the two beers and then the bartender might not be able to speak English, but I, I look for someone who might, might be able to speak to who might, you know, speak English, like a, like a German person or a Polish person or something, you know, I'm, I'm in China, but I'm, you know, I, I look for someone who probably speaks English. 
and um, I walk over and, and say, hi, I'm Summer. I've got this extra beer. <laughs> and I give it to him. And it's just a way to make a friend. It's just the quickest way to make a friend. It's, it's a good thing you're female doing that. Oh, yeah. Because the other way around, you say, no, thank you. I'll get one myself. Um, when I was that age, I probably wouldn't have even thought about that. And you're right. But um, that's not what Butch did. Butch gave it right back to the guy who poured it and is, is talking to him. And um, so, uh, all, all right, now that, I've, now that I've had a couple sips of beer, uh, you told me some weird stuff. Now, this, this town's a little bit... Uh, uh, well, no, you don't have to worry so much about it. It's been mostly taken care of. Like I said, Who's those guys from Stormwind came through. I don't know what it is that they did, but after they did, that sort of stuff ended up stopping. It was only really... There is... There is one thing that still every once in a while comes up, which is why I'm a little jumpy this evening, because it's been a while and we're kind of due. But um, it shouldn't... It really shouldn't cause you guys any problems. Anyway, what can we get for you? Uh, I imagine... I I look back at uh, my two friends. Hey, are we gonna stay here tonight? Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Yeah, alright. Y'all hungry already? Yeah, I'll take a I'll take one of those beers and uh, a plate of whatever is ready to eat. How about you, Ari? I'll I'll do a water, but I'll take whatever food we're having. All right, uh, uh Ham, if, if you can get that out to us, uh, you know we're not in any kind of hurry. We're just resting here for for a bit, and we would love to have whatever you got for dinner tonight. And uh, you know. If you got a minute, why don't you come sit down with us? Because we are the uh, curious uh, folks, and I'd like to know about that other thing. Even if it ain't got nothing to do with us, it, it has piqued my interest, though. So uh, we love to hear a good story. I love to hear a good story. Well, while this is kind of happening, um, Falcus is going to settle down at a table near to the hearth and um, pull out the playing cards and just start shuffling the deck and, and flipping over cards like practicing or playing a little bit, hoping to maybe pique the interest of anybody oh, nearby God. who wants to maybe play a hand or two. Hoping to yeah, entice a game up. Okay. I'm going to be paying extra attention to the guards and the redheaded chick. If there's any bits of conversation or things floating around, um, I definitely want to pick up on it. Okay. Uh, so let's, let's resolve a couple of these things here. Uh, so, you guys had ordered some food. He would say that, well, you know, we have, you know, some, you know, pretty basic local fish and veggies and game meats and whatnot. Meal of that nature would be like in the five silver range. Uh, what you should know, though, is the chef has been coming up with a couple of extra special recipes that he's still perfecting. They're not quite there yet, but they do come out a, r- a whole lot nicer than just, you know, the local grilled or, or, or steamed fare. They do go two gold per meal. Go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. What? What's? 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 One of them is. Them? One of them is the spider surprise. Uh, it co- it does come with a side of sautéed veggies. Uh, the spider meat, the way he prepares it, comes out almost like fresh crab. Comes out real nice. Uh, the other is uh, called the wolf haunch crunch. It's a breaded and deep fried uh, wolf meat with a side of potatoes. It's. 
they're like I say, they're recipes that he is working on, but because it takes some extra ingredients, it takes some extra time, it takes some better ingredients, it does come with a higher price tag. Uh, is that the only only one? Oh, I'm gonna tell you right now, we're gonna go ahead and skip on the wolf part. Um, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, that wolf sounds pretty good, and I'll take a glance at Ari. I'm like, but I'll take the spider, please. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna. I was going to just, just kind of like tell him quietly, my friend Falkus is going to go ahead and get that uh, spider and uh, me and Ari will, uh, will, will stick to the regular stuff. Uh, un- unless Ari, you want to, sp- sp- I, I just, wa- I was going to order the spider for Falkus and just to see how he reacts to getting a spider. <laughs> oh, I, I am a fine purveyor. I'm a purveyor of fine cuisine here. So I am open to trying foods. That's so. Was it was it Butch and Falcus or just Falcus? I think just me. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm telling. I'm still at the bar. Like um, my uh, my fancy friend over there, he's he, he's gonna get he's gonna get the spider. Why don't you give me and Ari? Uh, uh, her name's Ari. Isn't she pretty? Uh, it, it, go ahead and give us the uh, the simple stuff. Uh, I'm not too picky. I just got a grumbly belly. That's all. I don't know, Ari. Did you want to eat spider? <laughs> Ari will just take whatever. She's not really interested in food, so she's just gonna nod when when she hears Butch just say the regular food. It's not really on her mind right now. Like, yes, she needs to eat, but whatever you throw in front of her, she'll probably just eat. Yeah, I wasn't even gonna ask Falcus. I just can't. Does the spider come out looking like a spider with like the the ten like the the no, legs no, no, sticking no, out all that? But although that does that would work for better presentation and it would no. suit the theme of the place a little bit better. We should could, probably start doing. Could that. you do that for this one? I think I'll talk to Grawl, but yeah, we we'll we'll try to. He's the he's the, in the back. He's the chef. The I'll, hairier, I'll I'll tell him about it. Better the hair. Thinking like better. a plate of calamari where you get the you get the little leggies and the rings. The legs are part of the meat. Okay, but. No, but I like just, a spider shaped. Yeah, like no, 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 just no, no, like no, no. it's we'll like getting better. a full lobster. It's spider shaped, right? But it's on its back and its legs are curled in, like it was just killed and it turned exactly. over. Exactly. I think the exactly. presentation helps to make the meal really in a lot of ways. We'll get that taken care of for you right away. Oh, thank you, and and uh, you know when you're on the way back, I'll have another beer, and uh, then I'll go sit down with my friends Falcus I, I look at your cards and I say it ain't gonna be one one of them kind of nights is it what kind of nights are you thinking you know what I'm talking about your I'll cards. play dirty <sighs> hey what else are we gonna do we're sitting in here trying to get information you know just how better to get information than greasing a couple palms and Throwing some drinks out and some carts. People talk. On that note, Ari, roll that perception check for me. Sweet. Hold on. It's being weird. I'm refreshing it real quick. Actually, while you're working on that, uh, I do want to remind everybody that you guys have had several long rests since the last time we had any action. So you should be completely at full of all of your... Uh, class bonuses, all of your hit dice, all of that stuff should be completely fresh. I rolled a natural one. Okay. Uh, the din in here is actually kind of a little loud. Uh, you are going to need to move over one table 
if you plan on actually overhearing anything that they're saying, it would mean if you're trying not to be noticed, it would mean a stealth check. Uh, if you want to figure out some other way to get closer, you know, whatever you're trying to do. I'll wait till after we eat. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait till after we eat and see kind of what their play is. Okay. Um, you are at this distance. You're not able to hear very much. You are able to see just fine. Uh, you are able to see that uh, the three of them are having what is apparently a deliberately quiet conversation. Uh, and she is the 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 redhead uh, uh, female human is taking notes uh, on one of what appears to be many scrolls or books or such that she has with her. Um, it's not too terribly long before two of the meals come out. So it, it, by the rules, you're right. Like a natural one actually only really means anything in combat, but like a three wouldn't have gotten, gotten you anywhere. If it had been a three plus 14 because you have, uh, <laughs> you know, some sort of bananas. Like if this had been a deception check or what do you have? Super duper intimidation. Plus 11 and intimidation and performance. So. If you were trying to intimidate them and got a natural one, I would have rolled against you to see what happened, but it wouldn't have uh, it wouldn't have been a guaranteed miss. Um, it's not terribly long before the two of the meals get to you. Uh, Butch and Ari, you've got in front of you a very simple, like, sort of meat and potatoes kind of thing. The bartender turns to you, Falcus, and says, yours is going to take one more moment. I'll be right back with that. As you guys are sitting there, uh, eventually all the food does come out. Uh, Falcus, it looks like a dead spider. Perfect. I, in my mind, I was imagining I was actually just looking it up. Was the the scene from Emperor's New Groove where like he like takes the straw and snaps it against the giant pill bug and goes and just like flows open like I <laughs> just presents itself and start picking at the meat. Um, you guys enjoy your meals. It does it? Everything tastes fine. Um, even yours, Falcus, tastes fine. In fact, yours, Falcus, yours tastes. There's something about yours. It's like chicken. It's a little. No, it tastes like crab. But there's something about it. It's a feeling that you've had before, but you're having a hard time placing it. Um. Roll um, roll a a flat intelligence check. Twenty two. Actually, you are able to place it. You feel well fed. Awesome. Um, there's there's something happening here with this food. Like it makes you feel good, but also like there's you feel like there's a little something extra in, in addition to just having a full belly. The specific effect you're not sure about, but you've you feel like there's something else here. I'm gonna turn the bush and I'm like, Butch, you should probably go talk to this chef in the kitchen because dude, this is this is something right here. This is this has got this has got some punch to it. It's, it. I'm feeling pretty awesome after eating this. I wouldn't mind having a few more recipes under my belt. Um, and 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 if you don't mind, I reach over and take a tiny, tiny piece. Hey, I'll crack you off a leg. Crack. And hand it over. <laughs> well, this but- is more for of a garnish, but uh, but let me. Yeah, that. I love that taste. All, all right. If we got time, I'll go back there and talk to him. Because you have the uh, because you have the specific training here. Go ahead and roll, Butch. Go ahead and roll an investigation check with advantage for me, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, uh, my negative one on investigation is 
but I did roll 18. There's a, um, it's not a spice, but in the same way that spice rests on your tongue for a little while before, uh, you know, the next bite goes in, there's something here that sort of rests and sits in the, in the mouth. And as you, as you, as you play with it a little bit and as you chew it and you, and you eat it, um, it occurs to you that spiders, like many other creatures running around in the world, uh, can have, uh, some poisonous attributes, and it almost tastes like the chef has used some manner of the the poisonous nature of this creature in the recipe. That makes sense. I mean, often blowfish is prepared the same way. Okay, that's that's definitely interesting. You know, in the in the umami there at the end, you know, really is what right. It's yeah, got that that little bit of that tingle on the back of the tongue, but there's right. something something to it that that's that's you know warming from the inside out. As you guys are wrapping that conversation up, the barkeep takes your invitation, comes over, and sits down with your group. Uh, you said you had some questions. You wanted to know some more about what was going on in town, or really, were you really more interested in just finding like a place to sleep? Because I can get you set up with that. We have plenty of rooms. You know what we we would like that. Uh, just just you know just just know that I don't know the two two of them like to cuddle up sometimes, but we probably need three rooms and you know breakfast in the morning and all that stuff. You know, but I am interested, legit, sincerely interested in the, this this the story about like what's going on. This is a place personally. I'm from Pandaria. We barely even, as you know, we barely even knew any of y'all existed until, you know, a handful of years ago. So I, I am, I would be in cap, in captivated by, by your tale. Well, you know, there's really not a whole lot to tell. Uh, there, there was, it's always kind of like you saw how it's sort of the way it is outside. It's kind of been that way for at least a generation, if not more, some old curse or something like that. I don't really know. Uh, but you know, the, the day that the, the sky broke, there was this loud, uh, noise, this like explosion off in the West somewhere. It sounded like is where it came from. And then things started to get creepy in town. Like it was already creepy, but things started to get more creepy in town. At one point, uh, everybody's shadows went away. Like all the furniture and all the trees and everything else still cast shadows, but none of the people did. It was almost like all of our shadows got up and went somewhere. Like little, little creepy, little things like that. Things that kind of keep you up at night, keep you a little, you know, raise the hair on the back of your neck, but nothing really truly uh, dangerous. Until, you know, we we used to have this monster that was a problem in Duskwood. Uh, it was terrible. You have no idea. It was merciless. It would come into town. It would attack indiscriminately. It would wander off before we could really do very much to it. We would find bodies on the road sometimes, you know, chopped to bits, half eaten. Uh, and then one day, you know, some some adventurers, not unlike yourselves, came through and put the thing down for good. And then ever since then, things were good. And then after like all the weird stuff started happening, he came back. Or like it wasn't fully him, but it was just his like his it was almost like his ghost came back. It was it was sudden, actually. It was truly nothing was really as scary as the night that we were all sitting here in the Scarlet Raven, and then suddenly from outside 
we heard this shout that none of us had heard in a long time. And we all thought it must have been somebody playing a joke. And then all of a sudden people are screaming and all these other things. And as he's telling you guys this story, in the distance from outside, you hear stitches want to play and <laughs> like someone starts someone's like oh he's back he's back he's back and then a ghostly green almost the color of like slimer from ghostbusters uh it's like a big angry looking uh like the hook that you hang a shark from uh attached to uh these green spectral chain links comes flying through the wall that you guys are not terribly too far from the way that a ghost might do. And it didn't cause, doesn't cause a hole in the wall, doesn't explode, nothing. It just goes whew, right through the wood, um, grips around uh, Focus 1, Butch 2, Ari 3. Grips around Ari's waist while she's sitting in the chair and yanks. You see her, she goes flying back toward the wall. Her plate and her fork and knife just flip through the air um the the chair that she's sitting on up against the wall bang and then the the hook just back outside and she's just like sitting five feet away from where she was like what i just got yanked from by some sort of thing and outside there's all these people shouting and hollering hey Anne, is this some kind of hocus pocus with his you know grabbing my bow and running this, out the uh, door uh he, is this some kind of trick that, he that is not listening era. to you. He is not listening to you at all. He is like, okay, everybody upstairs, upstairs. Let's go. Come on. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And like is hushering the, uh, hushering. He's ushering hurriedly the, uh, the townspeople that are just sitting there, just having their meals up to the upstairs level of the thing. The two guards and the, uh, I say guards, they're like Stormwind foot soldiers. Uh, and the woman with all the books get up and go outside like Falcus did. I'm going to, once I regain, go outside. But as I'm going out, is there any salt on the table that I can grab? Yes. I'm going to grab the salt and go out. Great. I like the way you think. I uh, said, I ain't, go, I ain't going upstairs. And I neck the uh, the pint of a beer, slam it on the table, wipe, take my paw, wipe my face, and uh, g- grab the, the axe and head out the door. Great. You guys come rushing out the door. Uh, you three and the two Stormwind foot soldiers and the, you know, the, 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 the woman in the robes uh, are standing just outside the, the Scarlet Raven. You're in the town square area of Darkshire. Not far from you is what you see is you've never seen this before, uh, even though some some of you have some pretty good experience with some of the adventures that have happened around Azeroth. You may have seen an abomination before, but you've never seen the ghost of an abomination. It is bright green like Slimer or almost like maybe maybe uh, uh, um, Davy Jones from Spongebob. No, the was he the was he Davy Jones or the Flying Dutchman? The Flying Dutchman from Spongebob, like that kind of like spectral green color. And he's chasing around some of the people who were still in the square that hadn't gotten into their houses when he showed up. Uh, and you see literally the ghost of uh, an abomination surrounded by a uh, smoky green sort of a vapor. 
As soon as he sees you come running out, he yells, Stitches want to play! And throws the hook again. I need everybody to roll initiative real quick. It's so nice not being exhausted anymore. I don't, I don't even know how to understand or deal with uh, without exhaustion. You're also well fed. Whatever that means. I already got a five, but I forgot to click on my token. So I'm going to roll again, but then we can change it. Cool. All right, cool. Um, Butch, you are at the top of the turn order and you see the ghost of a whole abomination, which I don't know that you've ever necessarily seen an abomination. They didn't really have a whole lot of those running around in Cold Tiris. But yeah, he's standing there looking at you and he's like got a hook in one hand. He's got an axe in one hand and he's got a saw blade in one hand. Also, he has three hands. Oh, a saw blade. Okay. My, me, Summer, d- doesn't know, like, what kind of weapon is going to do anything about a ghost. Uh, Butch, on the other hand, sees something and wants to hit it. I'm going to run up on this guy, pop rage, and then... I am going to recklessly attack and I'm going to attempt to chop off the arm of the uh, holding the axe. I don't know what's Okay. Okay. And so what reckless- weapon are you using for that? The I'm using the battle axe of bloodlust. Okay. It's interesting that you ask. Because I can also oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, so this would be like slicing or something. Um, so recklessly attacking um, 12. Uh, no. So you go swinging in. As you run in, you do find yourself surrounded by some sort of like... I'll actually show you guys the aura. It's because um, I don't think I have it visible. No, I don't. Okay. Surrounding him is like this fart cloud of green mist that... You just ran straight into, and as you breathe it, you feel fine. No ill effects that you can tell. Uh, You go swinging in against him with your axe, uh, and just with it, he's it's hard it's hard to hit him. He's like indistinct. He's incorporeal. It's it's very strange. Uh, You do have two attacks with that weapon. Yep, and um, well, in general, I have two attacks. Now, I'm I'm guessing that. uh, this is poison, and I am immune. I have immunity to poison. Yeah. Uh, yes. So it, you're right. I don't know why I'm being cagey about it. It's a poisonous aura. You are doing no, no problem there because yeah. of your silly thing that I gave you. Okay. So uh, I'm going to take my second attack, which is also reckless, meaning I can uh, push the button twice, basically. <laughs> and even with uh, that, um, I got a 13. A 13 does just barely hit. Oh. This big, slow-moving ghost, not a huge, terribly high armor class, you get him, what kind of damage do you deal? Like, well, how much damage do you deal? So I'm using this as a two-handed weapon. Slashing eight. Okay, he takes eight slashing damage. He is 
As soon as he takes the damage, it doesn't seem like it's a lot of damage against him, but he takes it and he immediately screams. And as soon as the weapon hits, you see some of the townsfolk who are like running away. One of them turns and goes, he hit him? And then they keep running. You do anything else on your turn? Um, I don't have a lot of movement left. I've already done an extra action. I... Uh, sorry, a bonus action, and I've taken my two attacks. Uh, there's all I could do is uh, say, "Take that, you ugly monster," and let someone else go. Awesome. Uh, the two footmen, who I'm just realizing now their names are showing up on the initiative tracker, but that's perfectly fine. Um, they have a movement speed of thirty, and that's not going to be nearly enough to get into range. So they are going to take their actions to move. I'm going to say this one would be able to get to. They're going to try to see if they can flank, but they really don't want to get into the cloud very much. One will come to here and one will come to here. They have to use their full action to dash, uh, but they're running around so that they're both just on the outside of the poison cloud. They have their shields up. They have their long swords out. Uh, they are, like I say, in full heavy plate, shields ready, and rather than attacking, they're sort of like banging their their swords on their shields, trying their best to make sure that if he's looking at anybody, he's looking at one of you guys rather than any of the townspeople that are running. Uh, on his turn, he is going to start with... Wow, the reach on this... The reach on this weapon needs to be better. I don't think I wrote that right. Uh, he turns with his hook and grabs in uh, one of the footmen who is trying to stay out of range. Uh, missing. Uh, he turns toward you, Butch, and hits with the cleaver. Uh, the cleaver would hit with a... T- oh, you're attacking recklessly, so it would have hit with a 21. That's fine. Yeah. You get hit by this thing, this ghostly big butcher's cleaver that hits solid. Uh, you take uh, seven slashing damage. It's reduced down to three because you are raging. I am resistant um, to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. Yes, so I it's three damage to total. Yes. And he attacks you also with the, the saw blade. The f- you're not. He misses you with that. Um, okay. Also, you take no damage from his disease aura, so you are uh, fine because it's poison damage. Falcus, you see that Butch and the ghost are in combat against each other. The he tried to throw his hook at the footman and missed. Uh, what do you want to do? All right, I am going to move five, ten, fifteen, twenty, just so I have a straight shot. And let's let's take an arrow shot. Let's see what happens. Okay, go for it. Does a 23 hit? Uh, yes, a 23 hits. However, you fire this arrow. It seems almost to pass through the spirit. It's, it leaves a mark, but you're like, I don't know, man. I've hit things before, and it it's usually has a bigger reaction to this. Uh, this creature you are discovering is resistant to non-magical attacks. That's what I figured, um, and I wanted to test that. Well, I have no magical weapons aside from arcane shots. So, um, 
But the question is, I don't remember in the rulings if arcane shots count as magical weapons hits. Um, the damage from it would be magical, so they would take full damage from that. Anything that you shot that is mundane would take half damage. It's it's just resistance. It's not immunity. Um, so all oh. told, what's the total damage? It would be half of that. Wait. Oh, so he is. He's not immune to non-magical damage. He's just resistant to it. Resistant. Yeah. Okay. So it that that first shot was thirteen piercing damage with two sneak attacks. So it's fifteen total. So seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. So then I'll fire another arrow, um, and I'm going to infuse it with. Let's see. Let's first see if I hit because I can choose afterwards. The twenty-seven hit. Yes. All right, we're going to add a grasping arrow to it. And the grasping arrow, let me mark it off. Arcane shot. Grasping arrow. So you take 2d6 poison damage by the hit for a total of 8. Okay, does not seem to have any effect. Oh, interesting. Oh, poison damage. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Um, but he is still grasped with... Um, poisonous brambles because what ends up happening if he moves he takes 2d6 slashing damage okay but i guess that would be a physical it would probably be at half then it's as well all right it was worth a shot that's what i got all righty uh at the end of your turn the the woman who had all the books and things steps forward and she has her uh, she has a large book in one hand that she flips a few pages through, looks down, looks up at him, points three fingers at him, and fires off a magic missile. And I think... Yeah, I'll just do all... Th yeah, it's perfect. Uh, dealing... Wait, why is that? There it is. 13 force damage. They... She just fires them off. They fly, like, sort of in a large arc. Boom, 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 boom. And he just takes the damage. It doesn't seem to actually matter whether or not he would have hit, missed, or otherwise. Um, Ari, what do you want to do? I'm going to move just a little bit closer. So I'm still out of range of whatever green effect. And I'm going to turn to him and say, it seems that poison is what you desire. But quite frankly, I'm more fond of fire and cast a first level chromatic orb. Okay. Fire damage is the intention. Sure. Does an 18 hit? Yes. And it's going to do 14 fire damage. Okay. You hit him with the 14 fire damage. He's freaking out because he's been damaged several times. He's like looking around. He at one point shouts for his daddy. Um, <laughs> like the way a little kid would do. Daddy! Uh, and actually, Butch, you get the sense that he might be looking to turn and run. Uh, what would you like to do? Interesting. I don't. I'm sorry. That that last bit of, um, like it sounds like he's just scared. It sounds like he's scared. Sounds like he wants to run away, and he hasn't hurt anyone, right? Like, uh, so except like in, in self defense. Like he, I don't know if he's hurt anyone. He hurt you, um, but like you said, yeah, you're part of a fight with him, um. You did see that he was chasing and throwing his hook at, like, the townsfolk around before you guys got out here. Like, he was in the process of trying to get some just 
farmer or something. Um, so it's not that he's not a threat, but like you really don't get the sense that he's very much of a threat to you because you're a, a boss. Like you know what I mean? Like it's not. No, that's that's okay. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, okay. Usually when we get to this point, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I, I had already decided exactly what I was going to do. Okay. But then you threw out this, he looks like he's going to run away and he's, he's crying for his daddy. Um, so I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. Okay. Um, okay. but I just, um, if he runs away, is I'm not going to cry about it. Like it, it's, Something occurs to me that, that he, he might be in a little bit of trouble and maybe doesn't even want to be doing what he's doing. Um, I don't know. I'm still going to hit him. And uh, I'm going to continue uh, because of the kind of damage that he does. There is just no reason for me not to uh, recklessly attack. Okay. It's just... Uh, yeah. And I'm going to continue with my battle axe of bloodlust. I'm also wondering, like, what is bludgeoning damage do to him? Because I got that radiant maul <laughs> right there too. Anyway, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen hits. Two-handed damage. Oh, and that actually makes a difference this time. Usually, it's not. It's, if it was one-handed, it would be eight. But it, since it's two-handed, it's fourteen. It's usually not that big of a uh, disparity, but um, yeah, the difference on average, the difference between a D8 and a D10 is only like one point of damage. Yeah, to the average. point that I, I'm considering getting a shield to up my HP because I don't, I don't think, not HP, armor class AC, because the damage of using it two-handed versus using it one-handed, unless this is anyway, we can talk about that later. Um, so. I have done 14 slashing damage on my first attack. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah? I, okay. I did apply that. Okay, so on my second attack, 16. Yep. Uh, Two-handed. Um, it would have been the same on this one. Uh, 11 slashing. Okay. Perfect. I... Oh, why don't I go? Why don't I just do it? I'm gonna. I mean, I don't foresee a lot of fighting in our future. Even with the whole Zolgarub thing, we were, uh, you know, really trying to like, um, you know, our action economy and stuff like that. Like we were really, you know, uh, stingy with stuff. I have no reason to be. I don't feel like there's a reason to be. I'm gonna go ahead and use a bonus action for Quaking Palm. Okay. Uh, Amanda, really quickly, I think you muted, said something, and then unmuted. That sounds about right. That's about what I would do. Um, I said, when I, she was trying to find the word, and I said conserve. Yeah. Good. I, was, I was trying to conserve my, uh, you know, it, we, we did a lot of conservation of uh, action, you know, talking about action economy, uh, but that's words at the end of the day. <laughs> and I don't, anyway, uh, you got to do a uh, constitution save, and I noticed that you rolled a 20. I rolled a 20 on my constitution save for the Ghost of Stitches. So uh, that would uh, mean that my quaking palm did not... Okay. 
At the beginning of their turn, both of the knights are going to take a deep breath and try to hold it. They are going to use their bonus action to enter into a defensive stance, just like they used to in Warcraft 3. And they are going to move in uh, toward Stitches and attack with their longswords. Get get close to them. Uh, you're going to... You got a little bit more oomph, because I'm here. One of them attacks with an 8. That would miss. One of them with a 14. It is 6 slashing damage for the hit, but it is reduced to half because they're using non-magical weapons. As soon as their turns are over... Wait a minute. Don't they, they get something um, because I'm raging in there the with advantage. advantage. Advantage, but the best roll was a 14. 14. Okay. Stitches is going to... Stitches is going... Oh, uh, his movement speed is reduced because of the brambles, right? It would be all wrapped around his, like, ankles and stuff. He he's is going reduced to by use, 10. Okay, he's going to use his action to pull that off. Um, it's a strength check for that, right? Correct. Uh, against my arcane shot save DC and my spellcasting DC is... It's probably 14. I think that's where it was before, too. Yeah, because it would be intelligence and proficiency and plus eight, so it would be 14. I uh, rolled a natural one, so that doesn't work. Uh, he turns and runs. Uh, he moves a total of 20 feet trying to get away. He takes the slashing damage from the stuff. Nine slashing. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that that's full price because he is. it's a magical effect, so that's fine. Uh, it's nine. attack slashing for that. Uh, yeah, so you can take an opportunity attack. I think both of the footmen would also do that. I'm going to get fancy with it and try the bludgeoning damage as he's... Uh, can I do that? Switch um, weapons? I would say sure. Okay. And this is just one or is it... One. Okay. So 12. Dang. Okay. Uh, yeah, 12 would miss. Uh, Falcus, your quarry is running. I am going to follow. And um, I don't know if I want to shoot him anymore. I kind of want to see where he's going to go. So you used your action for movement also? Okay, perfect. On her turn, seeing that this is the direction that we're going, um, she, uh, the human mage is going to step forward a little bit further uh, and just fire off the firebolt real fast. Hitting with a 15 dealing seven fire damage. And it's going to be Ari's turn. Ari, this ghost is running, man. Okay, I am going to ask for a wisdom saving throw from the ghost. Natural one. I'm going to cast Tasha's hideous laughter, which is going to cause him to be prone. I don't know if I can I didn't link it on there because I'm not doing it right. Anyway, I'm going to cast uh, Tasha's hideous laughter, which is a first level spell. Um, creature of my choice I see finds everything hilariously funny and falls into fits of laughter. The target must succeed on a rhythm slaving throw or fall prone, becoming incapacitated and unable to stand up. At the end of its turn and each time it takes damage, it can try another wisdom saving throw. It does have advantage on saving throws if it's dis uh, triggered by damage. Okay. Uh, so he starts to turn and run away. And as he's going, what do you say that's so funny? <laughs> you know what? I don't think I've prepared for this one. Right? Let me see if I do have something. Okay. If you don't have something that's not <laughs> like, I don't want to put you on the spot. I just, you have so many things written um, down. 
Um, I know, and I don't think I've prepared for Tasha since we haven't used it yet. We're just going to say that I'm just so frustrated by the fact that he pulled me with his uh, hook that that's just the force behind it. So it's not really anything funny. It's just that I want him to stop moving. Uh, okay, perfect. Uh, he trips and falls, lands on the ground on his belly, and then starts laughing with both his big uh, gloopy face, but also with the big mouth in the belly that abominations have very frequently. Uh, and he's pounding his hands on the on the uh, the cobblestones, just laughing himself to death, like they did in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Butch, it's your turn. <laughs> this creature is on the ground. It's still surrounded by a, gro- a gloopy fart cloud. It's just laughing and laughing and laughing. And you see around you, like in the windows of the like houses and things, the townsfolk are looking out like, what in the world is happening right now? That With this look of just, I can't believe what I'm seeing. What would you like to do? I'm gonna run up on him, and I'm going to use my Radiant Maul to recklessly attack. So this is a bludgeoning situation. I just want to try it out. Uh, uh, 22. Yeah, and 22 this is two-handed. Oh, Radiant Maul is always two-handed. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, eight damage. Okay, you literally rolled the worst you could possibly have rolled. Yeah. That's exciting. But no, is it really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, I was, I was looking out to see if there's anything like different between using the, the battle axe of bloodlust or the radiant. I don't know. Uh, the radiant mall deals, deals two D six as opposed to one D 10 average of two D six is seven. So on average, it's going to be a better roll. No, no, no. I that part. I understand. Just got the, the the different magics that are in the different things. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, as it relates to this, no, it's as long as it's a magic attack, uh, it appears to have like good effectiveness. Okay, I'm going to take my second attack. I'm, I'm not going to get silly with it. I'm going to go ahead and use the maul again because that's what's in my hand. Um, af- afterwards, I'm going to switch back to the battle axe. Um, but uh, neither one of those are going to hit. I rolled nah. two 12s. 12 is no good. There's no reason for me not to do the Clayton Hawk again. So go ahead and try to beat a 14. Okay. You do not. 10. Nope. So now I'm tied up with vines. I'm prone. And I'm. I forgot the mark that I'm prone. Oh, and I I'm. With vines. Stunned. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, this guy is CC'd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's been CC'd. That's my turn. And I'm sticking awesome. to it. Uh, the two foot soldiers are going to move in. They can only move at half speed while they're defending. But that is still going to be enough to get up into melee range. Uh, they're both going to try to attack with their long swords. Uh, both would hit. And we get a grand total of 11, 11 slashing damage. Really? 1d8 plus 3. Oh, I just rolled max dice. That's great. Um, 11 slashing damage becomes 5 and 4 slashing damage becomes 2 this ghost you've just really obliterated this thing oh uh, he can roll saves every time he takes damage right? correct yep so he would have a bunch of saves I think I get 3 now right? 
Uh, Butch attacked twice, and they each attacked once, so four. Right, but Butch missed one, I think, right? Oh, I missed one, okay. So three. What is it, wisdom? It is, very good question. Wisdom saves, and he gets advantage because it's triggered by damage. Okay, so one of them was a 16, one of them was an 18, and one of them was a uh, natural 20 minus one, so a 19. You needed a 17, so you did it. Okay, perfect. You're still prone. You're just not incapacitated by me, but I think you're incapacitated by Stunned. Uh Yes, that's true. So he stops laughing and starts looking around, and he's like, you know, grabbing for his hook and his cleaver and all these things, but he's just like, all his stuff is just all discombobulated. Where's daddy? And Falcus, it's your turn. He can't get up because he's still stunned, so he is still prone. I'd like to, I guess, if anything, use my action to basically say, we should probably let him run and figure out where he's going to go. Because if it's if he's undead, he's probably, I don't know, where his body is. We can burn and salt his body. Whatever we need to do to stop him from coming back or figure out where he's going to. Uh, I forgot to roll the poison damage for the two footmen that are in his poison cloud. Um... If you wanted to do that, I would say, I don't think it's in the rules for how your arrow works, but if you want to just end the effect of the arrow, you can do that. Um, let's see. Per the, the rulings, though, it says the brambles last for one minute until you use this option again or until any creature uses an action to remove them with an athletics check. Right, but what I'm saying is if you want to, if your goal is to let him go and run and follow him or figure something out or whatever, you would know that it would be helpful for him if he wasn't surrounded by the brambles. And I'm saying that we can amend the rules to Arcane Shot to let you just dispel them whenever you feel like it, in addition to those other things, if you want. Okay. All good. Works for me. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna end it and um, have that part of, of my statement to say we should probably follow him, let him go, and, and just follow him. I mean, we, we have the upper hand. Um, you do have the upper hand. I would say roll a persuasion check with advantage. Uh, the players can do whatever they like. This is going to be for the NPCs. I think the natural 20 is going to take that advantage uh, to the bank. Um, so 24. Okay, yeah. You see the two footmen turn and look at you, like bow out and all your magical accoutre accoutrement. Uh, your entire party is like perfectly healthy except for butch who has like a paper cut uh butch has been standing in this poison cloud just breathing deep like no big deal uh and everything's perfectly fine they are looking at you guys like where did you guys come from uh and they're perfectly willing to do whatever you tell them um the mage on her turn doesn't do anything um in fact does she have any spells that would be helpful here i don't see anything here now okay cool so she's just gonna stand here uh, Ari, on your turn, what would you like to do? Could I cast Dissident Whispers, but elect to not have it take damage, just have him move away from me? Sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> no problem. So, um, if our goal is to let him go, I might as well. That's the only thing I can do to push him along. Um, I need a wisdom slaving throw from him. All right. Fifteen. So a 15 is going to fail. So I'm going to say, um, you've had your fun, little one. It's time to run away back to your mom. 
and he has to run his max distance away from me, but I'm holding the damage. Okay, so you like in your mind's eye, you can see the spell. The spell is invisible, but like you can picture the forces of arcane power leaving you from your, you know, the the magic of rap. <laughs> and as it goes, you like split it, and you see chunks blast into the cobblestones around him where you like diverted that aspect of the spell and it's damaging the concrete like in the in the vicinity around him he is prone oh yeah he's prone he's prone so he's gonna be able to crawl he can get okay. a good 15 feet um, and you see that uh, he's on his way around, like there's this cart on the map. So he's crawling away from Butch and the two foot, uh, two footmen. Uh, and he's trying to go around the cart and he's headed toward the road that leads south out of town. Butch, what would you like to do on your turn? I'm going to listen to Focus because so- something seems not right here. Other than there being like a like a like a ghost of an abomination attacking people in the town square of a Halloween town. Um, I'm going to move to him, keep following him, but that's that's the end of what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to say, hey, hey, where are you going? Okay. Oh, can I do that? Like what? Like uh, you want to roll some uh, dice about it? Yeah, uh-huh. Are you trying to, like, persuade or intimidate him into telling you information? Or, like, where where do you want to go on that? That's the best I can do for that. Oh. Okay, uh, intimidation. And I'm going to say, tell us where your daddy is. Okay? Because I don't think, like, <laughs> advantage on athletics or, you know, strength or something is really going to help me on this, unless I'm, like, giving him a wedgie. Um, so, intimidation. Tell us where your daddy is. 21. Uh, he, as he's sort of running away, uh, it'll get to his turn. Um, he'll stand up from being prone. That'll cost him half his movement speed. Uh, he will he'll take the other half of that movement speed and his action to keep running south. He'll end up off the map at that point. And as he's running, he, your question was, where is your daddy? Yes. He he screams, I don't know. And he runs. Okay. Um, he, he runs and I am not going to take an opportunity attack. Okay. Cause uh, I don't want to kill him. Um, he, he looks pretty low anyway. And uh, that's that's my turn. I, I, I guess our uh, I'm going to trust Falkus to uh, chase after him. So um, getting out of turn order here a little bit, um, we can do this a little bit more cinematically. He is running out of town. You guys are all like actively chasing at this point, I guess. I personally no. I, well, if if. If you're chasing a quarry, they're going to run to try to evade you. We need to hold back enough that he feels comfortable enough to go back to wherever he came from comfortably. Um, like he evaded us, like he got away from us. Um, so we need to at least hang back a little bit, but then still keeping keeping on his tail without him feeling threatened. 
Okay, that's something that Butch knows nothing about, and uh, uh, you can handle it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hold up like as as we're like getting to the edge of town. I'm gonna you know put put my hand up to you. Just 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 hang back for a moment here, and then we're gonna we're gonna follow. Uh, okay, great. Uh, let's go ahead and do. Um, I would say, let's start with survival because that's all about tracking and and that sort of thing. I know nothing. Natural one. Uh, on a natural one, he gets thirty five feet out of town and dissolves into the mist. Great. That's fantastic. I could have rolled survival better than that. I absolutely would have rolled survival better than that. I would have. The lowest I could have done is a full. Well, part. I'll say. I'll sh- <laughs> shoot, Butch. What do you see? Butch, what do your eyes see? I mean, um, I, I am I rolling for that? DM? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Okay, survival, nineteen. Okay. By our powers combined, we create twenty. Is that how I, that works? Yeah, that's totally how it works. So, okay. you do see him disappear into the mist, uh, but. You are able to tell from the direction he was running, and as you like go out into the woods a little bit and look around, you can see like some of the uh, evidence of him running through the woods. Uh, he gets yeah. off the road uh, and starts running in a uh, southwesterly direction, and is fully like ignoring the fact that a road exists. He's running in a straight line through the woods, like. Okay. Southwest, yeah, southwest, literally through trees in some instances, around the southern end of like the 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 big mountain circle in the middle. I don't know if it's like an old volcano or what, um, but that's the direction that he's heading. Um, the the two footmen and the mage come hustling up behind you and go, "Well, wait, hang on, wait, like we were supposed to track him, and now he's like so far ahead. Like, we're, what are we doing?" Well, I can run in the direction that, uh... Well, as, yeah, as soon as I see Butch kind of tracing with the direction he went, it's like, all right, let's go. Okay. okay. And then yeah. that's that's gonna... With me, like, not attacking, um, my rage goes away? Uh, yes, that's true. Um, so your rage is gonna go away. Uh, you see that he is basically doing one of these. I'm going to draw on our map here. I did switch. Th- yeah, okay, good. Um, he's doing... Did that not... Okay. He's doing one of these. Headed straight southwest across the hills, crosses the road a couple times, um, heads out toward, like, the Rotting Orchard and the Jorgen Farmstead, like, that area. Um, and as you guys follow him, like you cross the road a few times, you see that there are um, uh, several, like as you go through the woods, you can see that there are, you don't see the the lines not on your layer, it's on the token layer. You're supposed to be able to see it, no problem. Yeah, uh, if you're doing it in the map, we don't see it. It just appeared now. Oh, okay. I think it thought that I was still drawing it. Okay, cool. So uh, you have a line that went to Rotting Orchard. Yeah, he basically made a straight line through there. Um, You are following occasionally, like, again, howls hooting. And, and, like, as you run, you go by uh, the Tranquil Gardens Cemetery. You can see in the distance there's, like, several zombies sort of just, like, hanging out, not doing anything. Uh, As you go past, you know, the road again, 
the trees have like shadows on them that look like you know spooky faces and such. By the time you get to the orchard, you see him. He is uh, like running around the orchard. He's shouting. Uh, Stitches want to play. Daddy, where are you? He's like shouting all these things. Uh, he explodes into one of the buildings. A few seconds goes by. He goes right out the wall of the building and starts running in a different direction again. Uh, he appears to be running aimlessly around the zone. You guys follow him for like half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Uh, he's running from area to area in the zone. He doesn't seem to have a specific place that he's going to. It, it's like he's on a he's on a random search pattern and he's just picking a direction and running in that direction until he sees something interesting. So he does like this and then he does this and he's he comes up here a couple times and he's going he's like he's like almost leading you on a wild goose chase at this point like he's he's going all over the zone he keeps doing the same thing he'll explode into some new place start swinging his uh his saw and his hook at like anything that he sees that you know might be there that's you know people or animals or anything else like that and then just takes off running into a new place Great. Okay. We've encountered an NPC who's back on his normal path and patrol. Okay. <laughs> Let's go figure out. Let's, I guess we need to figure out. Uh, um, I mean, if we're, if we're looking to help this town out and, and we have to get to the bottom of what is Ditches, who made him, and why is he still a ghost? Because they apparently killed him, they said. Why is he still roaming the countryside and causing havoc? Well, Falcus, what I want to know is why we didn't kill him. We learned something, didn't we? We can still kill him. We're still on his tail. We can still catch up and kill him. He, he stops at a specific area and runs around for like five minutes before he takes off in the next area. So we could still kill him if you want. My feet hurt. All right, then let him go. We'll go back to Darkshire. So at this point, you guys are on your way back to... Darkshire. Uh, I'll say that uh, probably the two footmen and the uh, the mage were probably accompanying you during all this thing because they're like, yeah, we started the fight. We got to finish the fight, right? Um, during that time, they would all introduce themselves to you. Uh, the two uh, alliance footmen are Randall and Allison. Well, hi, Randy. Uh, hi, Allie. Immediately familiar nicknames. Perfect. Uh, and the My name's Butch. <laughs> uh, and the mage, uh, her name is Katerina Stanford. Uh, she actually would say that she like she's got a huge backpack full of like just books and tomes and scrolls and things. She would complain a little bit that, you know, I really didn't sign up to be in a fight today. I, I was really more here on research. Most of the time, well, Kathy, I, I, we sure appreciated your uh <laughs> your uh, help anyway well that's not a problem trust me uh, except that you know I didn't I I, the spells I packed today were not for fighting you know I, I, I brought things like comprehend languages and I brought things like you know that because I'm here on research I'm trying to figure out what all has been going on down here because a lot of this stuff has started to happen in Stormwind recently um Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's not fun. Um, a lot of the things that they were talking about, about how, like, oh, the shadows are missing, or, oh, yeah, all the paper ravens came to life and started to attack somebody, and, like, weird, goofy things like that, 
that's been going on in Stormwind ever since uh, Dr. Jones's archaeologists got back from their trip to here. They bring something back with them? That's that's what we think, yeah. It all sounds like... Now, you just used the word goofy. It all just sounds like goofy to me. Yeah, if, but... if I would think that someone was just playing tricks if I didn't just have an actual fight with a ghost. Most of the stuff... Like, it seems... First of all, it's it's unsettling. Like, you and I, you know, we can handle ourselves. A lot of the population I mean, I can, of the city is having a hard yet. time dealing with some of the... You know, they, it's hard to put your kid to bed at night when there's, like, blood coming out of the walls. You know, like, they, they, they're, like the, the people are, like, really upset about it. And I had... You know, I, I was going to come down here and... and uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a, I take records, essentially. I'm a record keeper. I, sp- I spend a lot of my time in and out of the library out in Stormwind working with, uh, you know, the inscription students and trying to work on documenting histories and working spellcraft and all that sort of thing. So I was, like, chosen to go and essentially take statements from as many people as I could down here about what had happened and what was all going on in the hopes that we could figure out, you know, some solution up there. But essentially, that's kind of where we are now. I don't know. They must have. As best I can tell, they did. Um, that's actually what I was talking to these two about when you guys showed up. Yeah, because they were saying that uh, the stuff was really weird here. And then after the uh, archaeologists came and then left, things got better? Sort of? Um, Randy, Randall the footman, <laughs> would say... Yeah, so we came down with Dr. Jones's archaeologists as Dr. Jones. essentially bodyguards. Oh, you've, you have you met Dr. Jones? Harrison Jones up at the uh, Archaeology Institute in Stormwind? Not personally, but his reputation precedes him. Mm. Yeah, he's a good guy. He sent some of his students down here uh, to try to figure out, because, you know, there had been that, you know, the event that happened in the sky, and there was some sort of, like, meteorite or something that they were trying to figure out what was all going on with that. Um, so we accompanied them out to the Twilight Grove up in the middle of, uh, of, of Duskwood. And I don't know, they, they had something. They found it in a big pile of rubble. Couldn't have been all that big. They carried it out in a bag. Mm. Uh, but we figured, okay, well, the flight back to Stormwind is relatively innocuous. We, She and I hung out down here just to make sure that everything was going to be okay after that. And like, you know, like the bartender said, things have been slowing down ever since then. It's just that this ghost keeps showing up. Um, he goes, yeah, he did attack four or five days ago, the ghost, I mean. And we attacked back. Uh, we weren't really able to do very much. It seemed like most of our weapon attacks were kind of going right through, and we were all really surprised when you guys jumped into the fray and sort of beat him in the face the way he did. What's the difference between us beating him and y'all beating him? Magic weapons. Yeah, we're ba- we're equipped with pretty basic stuff, so that could be the difference. I mean, uh, what's the mage's name again? Or the Katarina. Uh, I mean, Katarina was laying into and then pretty darn good there uh, with magic for sure. My arrow, it, it sunk in good, but I he didn't take much. He didn't flinch. Yeah, yeah, Kathy, you you were really able to uh, do some damage there. Yeah, I, you know, can do what I can. 
Whatever this issue is, though, if it keeps cropping up, it's going to cause these people some harm until it can be dealt with permanently. Uh, what did what did you say that you wanted to do about that? You mean about the ghost? Yeah, you said something about... Well, I mean, it's got to be a way to, to, to stop the ghost. I mean, a ghost is probably going to keep coming back until you destroy its source or something along those lines, I, I would assume. So the question is, I mean, he was calling out for his dad or at least, you know, who created him and where he was he created or where where's his former physical body at? Now, that's a good question. If he's a ghost, where where was he killed? Where, was he buried? Was he burned? Uh, well, we're not from town, so we're not really sure. Um, we could I'm sure you guys are essentially uh, just coming up on Darkshire again at this point after having tromped through the woods this whole time. Here we go. I'm sure somebody in town has the answer to that question for sure. Well, we, we can figure all that out. I, I do like the idea that we're going to track down like how he was, how he was created, how he was killed, all that sort of stuff. That's, that's, that's a good lead. Let's figure that out. All right. Let's go uh, back into the inn. And uh, what do we see when we get there? Uh, well, the people have started to come back down from, uh, actually, you guys have been out of town for long enough that everyone would have come back down into uh, the eating area, finish their meals, all that sort of thing. Uh, the bartender, when he sees you guys coming back in, goes, I saw you guys out there actually hitting him. That was tremendous. No one's ever actually been able to like really scare him off like that before. Best we can do is like throw fire in his face with like our torches and like upset him, but that's about it. Well, the thing is, I think he'll keep coming back no matter what y'all y'all or anyone else us or any anybody does so we you know fighting it off doesn't seem to be the uh the answer to y'all's problems okay well what would you suggest because we can't keep doing this well the, the thing is we need a little bit more information uh and you know i got like twigs in my in my hair and on my head and my leaves and stuff on my leaves leaves in my hair and, uh, you know, the best person to get that information usually is my friend. And I pat Falcus on the back. Falcus. And, uh, hey, uh, Han, you got those rooms ready for us? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, we, nobody should be doing any of this stuff on, you know, uh, without a full night's sleep. Why don't you guys head on upstairs and there's rooms ready for you. Everything's perfectly like taken care of. You guys can long rest at this point if you want. I don't know. I don't need to RP this, but unless it needs to be, um, but I can go back to, and talk to Cookie and uh, see if I can get any recipes. Yeah. So uh, his name is Grawl, G R U A L. Uh, soon as he sees you walk in, uh, you know he would have been told at this point. It's been like two hours, like I said, since everything went down. And it's a small town. News travels fast that the newcomers in town just, you know, beat the brains out of the ghost of stitches. As soon as he sees you, he has nothing but thank you so much. That was super great. You know, uh, yeah, absolutely. You're a fellow chef. Let's talk about food for a while. And absolutely, uh, over the course of the next little bit, you can add uh, to your list of recipes the spider surprise. Uh, it Is does grant an inventory. It does thing? grant poison immunity. On the well-fed. Food, spider, surprise, wondrous item. Cool. Okay. 
Just one more recipe in the book. A strange series of events have transpired here in the small town of Darkshire. A ghost is attacking, but our heroes were able to scare it off easily. They're ready to bed down for a night's rest, but what will become of the haunting of Darkshire? And is it below our hero's pay grade? What caused it to attack in the first place? Maybe we'll find out next time we queue up for some more Heroic Dungeons and Dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroicdnd, where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.